Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the week, weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we are delighted that you're joining us for this week's discussion. Gentlemen, it is officially August, and in this void of the pandemic where time doesn't seem to exist, somehow we've made it to August. How, how, how are we feeling about that? You know, honestly, I was thinking about this recently and be like, we're only, what, three, four months from Christmas? Yeah. And I feel like yesterday it was March, yeah. so I don't really know how to feel about it. Yeah. I'm also confused. It's, I'm tired of being in my house. That's how I can summarize things. That is, that is fair. Yeah. I feel like, feel like we're all there. I saw someone uh, post about, like, because I can't wait to see on Netflix a very COVID Christmas. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> how all the, the Hallmark and Netflix movies of the year kind of capitalize on it but yeah we are still we are still in the thick of covid we're recording this in masks so yeah wear your mask love your neighbor and we will get through this together and be out of our houses soon hopefully um but we are going to get things started officially with our questions of the week segment if you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during this segment all you gotta do is email us at three guys at the well at gmail.com that's the number three then guys at the well all one word and lowercase at gmail.com. So today's question is about uh, COVID and just the space that we found ourselves in in the last couple of months. And it's what are some things that God has either shown you or taught you or revealed to you during this season where the world is kind of upside down and we're relearning and learning new things and have time for reflection as we also ponder and pray for the state of the world. What is this season been for you and how God has worked in your life? I think for me, I don't know if it's a, re- a reflection or a revelation that's come straight from or because of COVID, but something the Lord's been putting on my heart recently is just my need to rely on Him. Mm. Um, with um, Certainly because of COVID, but also in this stage of life where I'm, I've transitioned into a new role with the ministry, um, I... Um, am a relatively new father with a one-year-old and um, one on the way um, and some leadership in, in various things and just the Lord putting on my heart that I need to really rely on him and less on myself and seek him um, more just because with the uncertainty and the chaos that surrounds there's only one sure thing there's only one thing that is going to anchor me and hold me and that's the Lord and he's been calling me to to kind of <laughs> lean into that and less leaning into myself Mm -hmm. and realizing I can't do the responsibilities, the vocation that I've been called to without him. Right. I am the vine. You are the branches. Exactly. Absolutely. I resonate with that very strongly. Um, I noticed for myself, uh, the Lord's been like, are you loving people? Um, This is not an excuse to stop loving people. And in a time where we're all physically separated from one another, where a call now means so much more than it used to, where mm. a phone call or where like a Zoom chat means so much more to somebody. Um, are you willing to love people and even go that far? Or are you still making excuses when there's no commute now? When there's, like, are you praying to me in the morning? And so there have been, I've woken up more days and been and had convictions about that. It's like, oh, okay, there's no excuse now. Mm. Like when I stand before God, mm. he's gonna question me about like, look, during COVID, which, by the way, I allowed that to happen, um, were you about me? 
Mm. Um, and so that's been consistently on my mind, particularly as we get now like four months, five months, six months continues on into COVID mm-hmm. and quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of removing excuses for connection when for basic life stuff, that's something that we're doing. So yeah. even more so to check in uh, with people in various states uh, at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, the short answer is a lot of things, but I think that uh, one of the things that stands out is God has been very much speaking into his knowledge of me and reminding me that he knows me, he gets me, and by extension, he knows people, he knows the situation that people are in, and he's working in those things. Um, and so it's been a time where I've had more time to just kind of sit and reflect on some things that were uh, troubling either with work or just personal things before COVID, and I've had more time to sit with that and bring it to the Lord. And he's kind of met me there in that space and reminded me of his perfect knowledge of me and his perfect knowledge of man. Um, and that he's, similar to your point, Charles, kind of alongside me with that. And so I can take refuge in him and confidence in him, both for my own situations, but also for, kind of as you say, Eli, for just people in the state of the world that the Lord is moving, even in the midst of darkness and is kind of mindful of us in ways that we don't even realize. And so that's been comforting. And also like on very practical levels has been an encouragement to use how he has made me and what he has given me for uh, good purposes and building up of the body. And so kind of making me aware of how I can use like different uh, creative aspirations or just things I enjoy doing for the good of the kingdom and reminding me that that's, those are things that he's given me for that purpose. Um, so yeah, God's just been kind of saying, I, I get you, I get you. And I'm, I'm with you in all of this. Um, yeah. As we say, we yeah, it is August, but we are still heavy in the midst of this. Uh, we're commanded as Christians to consider others as better than ourselves, and this gives us a very practical way and a practical season in which to do this. So let's model that in our day-to-day lives uh, through keeping distance, wearing masks, and considering those as greater than us so that we not only keep people safe but model the mind and heart of Christ uh, during this season. Amen. Amen. And with that, let's get into our topic for today. So this week's passage is from John 3, verses 2 through 17. If you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Nicodemus was at a loss for words. The signs and wonders attributed to the man Jesus of Nazareth were beyond anything he had ever seen, and he hadn't yet found a satisfying explanation. Now, this Pharisee, this teacher of the Jews and member of the Sanhedrin found himself in an unfamiliar position. He had questions. Questions that he could never ask in public at risk of inviting the ire of his colleagues or worse, damaging his credibility. So he left his home under the cover of nightfall and walked across town to meet with this man face to face and ask him the questions that had been burdening him. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Gentlemen, what stood out to you from this conversation? Um, immediately, I'm struck by um, the fact that there is no position or level of authority or amount of knowledge that you can have that will put you on equal footing with God. Mm. Um, because even Jesus, he recognizes like you are Israel's teacher and do you not understand these things? Like, so he's questioning even like you basically Nick, Nicodemus, you or Nico as his wife affectionately calls him in the chosen. Um, <laughs> you studied the you studied God's word your entire life and yet you're slipping <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's like this is your thing like and yet and yet, and yet. <laughs> and yet. Um, and so just this like hint of well not even hint it's like very overt humility mm. that Christ is trying to add on to because um, Nicodemus approaches Jesus in secret to show not only that he but others, right, among the Pharisees, recognize that Jesus in some way comes from God. Mm. Um, and Jesus just responds with like this really intriguing, beautiful, and um, at certain points, or at a certain point, uh, confusing statement. Um, and I imagine Jesus chuckled a little bit when this grown man asked him about climbing into his mother's right <laughs> hand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Jesus, being like as tactful as he is, continues by saying um, just this incredible um, testimony of truth to what, like knowing God, being saved by him, and what it requires to, uh, like being reborn in the spirit by the spirit. Yeah, there's so many times we've talked about him here of when Jesus encounters people just like talking absolute nonsense and confusion about him. And he's just like, well, no, but... <laughs> But imagine with that of like, how we're going to go back in our mother's womb. Jesus just being like, <sighs> <laughs> you're teaching Israel. Yeah. Ah, I got you. <laughs> and no wonder everyone's confused. I just imagine Jesus like, take a seat. Just <laughs> sit, 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 down. Let, sit down. Let me help. <laughs> Poor baby. I think for me, one of the things that strikes me, strikes me about this conversation is the, in verse three, um, where he says, you know, um, no one, uh, can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Um, 
and that's like the the the, the point that Nicodemus is like what um, but I think like for me I you know born from above I think it strikes to this point of being born being born anew or, or having new life because <clears throat> even just just now thinking about it um, the life that a baby perceives in the womb out versus outside of the womb is very radically different right mm-hmm. that's, that's what kind of why it is and doctors say it is like shock to a baby to be born because mm. it's so radically different and their life is completely different wow. from that point on yeah. and and i think christ is getting to a point here of like if you want to see the kingdom if you want to be a disciple of me if you want to follow me um your life cannot and will not look anything mm. anything like it did before wow and it cannot and will not look like anything the world around it around you says it will mm. um and i think it's really easy to forget that mm. especially in um our world and our society today to, to kind of like be synthesized with think that things around us or to like succumb to things around us like actually no our life is not supposed to look like anything like it did before and it's not for like a time it's not like i gave my life to jesus and um, a good friend of ours says you know it would be pretty terrible if like only four years in college or like four years after college mm-hmm. is like your best yeah. years of following the Lord. Yeah. No, this is a lifelong call and it's supposed to be sustained as such. Yeah. So once we say and say, I'm a follower of Christ, then nothing remains the same. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's a good word. It is a good word. Great job. Just dab off some sweat there. You're, you're preaching today, Charles. <laughs> No, but I, I love that imagery of like picturing, I'm a science teacher, so I picture like all the physiological and biological happenings of like a baby in its mother's womb in the amniotic sac. For all you science nerds listening, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and then tra- like transitioning that into like, but now you're in the real world. And I, I love that imagery of these things are night and day and they should be all the time. And so your life should reflect like this coming into a different seeing your existence fundamentally differently mm-hmm. and like that should kind of like embed itself into everything that we we do i, mm-hmm. I love that it's a really good point charles um i think one thing the biggest thing that stuck out to me from this conversation is just the fact that it happened yeah like that that's the thing that really like god kind of grabbed hold of me with this because a lot of what um I've heard people speak on this before and I've heard people talk about Nicodemus before and whether it's like a youth pastor or like a preacher, whoever it is, a lot of what gets said about Nicodemus in this conversation with Jesus is the fact that it happened under the cover of nightfall and that he went to Jesus at night to kind of avoid um, people looking at him. But I felt God saying to me as I was reading this, like, but Nicodemus went anyway. He still goes. He, he has questions. He's dealing with things that he's never seen before. And he, to Eli's point, he is a teacher of the law. Like, he should know everything there is to know about this. And yet this guy is coming around who people think is just this zealot. But he's doing things that, to Nicodemus, is like, this could only come from God. Yeah. And so Nicodemus doesn't just dismiss it because it looks different. He brings his thoughts, his questions, his concerns directly to the feet of Jesus. And I think there's so something so like profound in that for each of us because 
in the Christian walk sometimes, I know I felt like this, I don't know if you guys have, but I think sometimes doubt is treated as if it's sinful. Right, yeah, yeah. most definitely. And mm-hmm. like true faith is when you don't have any doubts and you don't have any questions and you don't have anything that kind of raises your eyebrows. Like that's what true faith is. But when you're kind of stuck with, but what does this mean? And who is God? And what does this verse mean? Like those things are seen as less holy. And those things sometimes are received by people within churches or youth groups or what have you is like, oh, you shouldn't, like, don't doubt that, don't question it. But like, God is so much bigger than that. And I was really struck with how throughout scripture, he consistently shows that he's bigger than our doubts. He's bigger than our concerns and is actually honored when we bring those to him. Amen. Like, Jacob wrestled with God. Uh, Thomas needed to see the nail marks in his hands. Peter saw the water and fell into it, when he, even though Jesus was right in front of him. And if we focus on just those moments of doubt, we could say that oh, Jacob isn't as clear cut. That was just a very strange story. Uh, but we could say, oh, well, Jacob wrestled with something instead of just kind of going uh, as he normally would. Uh, Thomas didn't believe the disciples' account. Peter saw Jesus. Why did he doubt? He like fell into the water because he took his eyes off Jesus. But it's like, but God blesses Jacob after that wrestling match, breaks his hip, but blesses him after <laughs> wrestling with him. He appears to Thomas and shows him the nail marks in his hands. He catches Peter before he completely sinks under the water. And I think there's something that's there. We need to get that God isn't intimidated by our doubts. Mm. Like he is no less God because we have questions. He is no less God because there's something we don't understand. And he is so willing to meet us there. And that's his character throughout scripture. And like in this conversation with Nicodemus, under this like cover of nightfall, Jesus shows up and preaches like one of the most concise and most off, like awfully quoted um, passages of the gospel in the gospels just because Nicodemus showed up. And, and so I think that's a, there's a, a huge conviction and uh, commendment to all of us of like, show up, like yeah. bring your questions to Jesus because he's big enough to handle them. He's not going to be offended by them. Yeah. yeah, that's the word I was thinking about. He's not offended yeah. by the fact that we have questions. I mean, it's not, I mean, this may may not be a word for word account, but it's it, mm-hmm. it, clearly there's no like jesting or, Jesus making fun of Nicodemus, he just answers the question. How mm-hmm. could be someone be born again? You have to crawl back into your mother's yeah. womb? He mm-hmm. says, very truly, I tell, you know, and he just <laughs> continues on. He's yeah. like, no, <laughs> here's the truth. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's there's a profound truth there of like, doubt is not a sin. What we do with it could can be mm-hmm. construed or it can be wrong. Yeah. Um, but if we sincerely go to the Lord with our questions, sincerely go to the word yeah. with our questions yeah. and through um talking with brothers like we're doing now going to a pastor to a, a wiser older more seasoned brother or sister mm-hmm. with our questions but ultimately to the word and to the lord we're probably going to find an answer yeah yeah and um as jesus was like teaching nicodemus to both of your points um he ends his lesson with like the the son of man must be lifted up um, and so he's obviously pointing to the fact that one day soon he will serve as a sacrifice for all of humanity, not just Nicodemus sitting in front of him, but everybody. And so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. And as I was like thinking and praying through this and trying to figure out like, Lord, what, 
what can I say about this? What, what do you want to teach me rather? Speaking of teaching, um, just the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law, not only by obeying it, but also by living it out mm. perfectly. Um, like doing what humanity couldn't do, mm -hmm. right? But he also fulfilled the law by dying a death that disobeying the law uh, demanded. Mm -hmm. As I understand it, and this is the parable that I sort of like, that was forged in my mind as I was thinking about this. Um, any law, whether it's divine or earthly, is like a coin. It has two sides to it. One side is obeying the law and doing what's right, while the other side is disobeying the law and suffering the consequences. And Jesus' life, death, and resurrection dealt with both sides of that proverbial coin. Mm. And so Jesus, in speaking with Nicodemus about his ministry, his identity, and his purpose on earth, was able to draw a connection between being born again by the Spirit and the suffering and death that he would soon undertake. Mm. Um, and it's almost like he was saying, look, Nico, all of humanity, Jew or Gentile, has lived so incorrectly that you all deserve death because of it. But I was sent here to die in your place, so I'll handle the whole dying part. Mm. But you all will need to handle the living part. Mm. And that living can only happen by being reborn by the Spirit of God. Jesus died once for all, so you don't have to die for your sins today. And he says something similar to the woman in our previous episode who he prevented from being stoned to death right mm -hmm. like i don't condemn you um i'm offering you mercy today um i don't condemn the world today and so i, I can't imagine how mind-blowing this must this revelation must have been for nicodemus um and really anyone that jesus revealed this to um because that was and is how god is choosing to reconcile a wayward world to him mm -hmm. like I can't, I just, I, I'm so happy that things like The Chosen are here to, to give us some visualization of yeah. what that conversation was like. Right. Uh, because you just see how how poignant and how heart-wrenching that entire conversation was, where, where something, where this teacher of the law suddenly understood, like, the, the narrative that's, it's mm. like, holy moly. Yeah. This is how God is choos has chosen to work. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, praise be to God, it's beautiful. No, I, I absolutely, yeah, I feel that. And I love that point of, like, Jesus fulfills the law. And it's even, somewhere in the gospel, it says that some man, like, didn't come to, like, destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Yeah. And so there is that sense of, here is what you know, and here is how I bring that to completion. And, like, in we see that in Jesus' life, and how he talks to Nicodemus of, like, referencing um, the serpent being lifted up in the desert, of, like, to your point, Eli, like, the consequences of sin. And Jesus not saying, well, that doesn't matter. Kind of right. like we said with um, the woman at the well. He doesn't look at her barriers to faith and say, ah, forget about that. He's like, that's a thing, but here I am. Like, I'm the newer, better version of these things. And here's how I bring this to um, fruition, to fulfillment within my body and within my ministry. Mm -hmm. And I, I, Yeah, there's something so elegant about the way that, like, Jesus in himself takes his teacher of the law who knows that story from scripture and is like aware of it and says, but here's how I'm bringing that to fruition in a way that you may not expect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I like as well, like throughout the conversation, we don't like Nicodemus says, ask something. Jesus answers. Nicodemus asks another question. Jesus answers Nicodemus. Yeah. And so 
it's this because the things he talks about he talks about the holy spirit which jesus i don't even at this point i don't know if he would have spoken like explicitly about it to his disciples that could be wrong um no this is john he talks about the holy spirit really explicitly in like john 14 mm-hmm. um so he's talking about the holy spirit of things to come he's talking about things from the past and like is meeting nicodemus in this moment and in breaking these things down in ways that i'm sure is was confusing for me reading it but also is i'm sure was confusing for nicodemus nicodemus has more questions and more questions and more questions and jesus continues to meet him there and continues to like honor the fact that nicodemus is trying and like he's digging into how this man who is not at all resemblant of the messiah that people were expecting is somehow fulfilling these things and I think in conjunction with uh, talking about how we bring those doubts to Jesus, I think there's a huge push, there's a huge like idea there of be aware of the way that Jesus presents himself in ways that are unexpected. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like yeah. be, this will, I'm going to talk about this in like our closing thoughts on the whole season, but the, the idea of not missing Jesus just because he doesn't look the way you think he would or think he should right. is seen like so clearly in this conversation because it's like he keeps bringing questions, keep bring, keeps bringing questions, but Jesus is like, good, keep them coming. Like he is a rewarder of those who seek him and not, and there's a reward there and not a reward in just saying, well, this doesn't look the way I thought it would. So this, this can't be Jesus. And so there's a there's a reward in the seeking and Nicodemus continuing to ask question after question after question. And we should model that in our study of scripture. We should model that in the way that we engage with the Lord, not missing him just because he doesn't resemble what we would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but trusting him with those questions and trusting that he does bring, and it, in this case, an, ex, a, an experiential answer to those questions. Um, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> nice. Um, as you were speaking, I was like going back over it again. And one of the other revolutionary things in this conversation is um, the fact that, like, as a Jewish man, um, Nicodemus was about the law. It was all about following the letter of the law, it was all about how you performed, right? And like, so wh- why does he, he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So again, he's focusing on how um, Jesus performs what he does. And Jesus, in, in quite a bit of um, what he's saying, he gives credit to the spirit who's invisible, right? Like Jesus is visible. He's there. He's present with Nicodemus right in that moment. But he, gives, he says the spirit gives birth to spirit. And so the work that will come in someone being reborn is done through someone who is invisible, is done through someone who is intangible, is done through someone whose works you can't necessarily see. And in verse 8, he, and this is one of the, one of the verses I needed a little bit more help in working through mentally. Um, Jesus says, the wind blows whenever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from nor where it's going so it is with everyone born of the spirit and so oftentimes when i reach verses or passages that i can't quite get to i tend to lean on commentary from mm-hmm. people way wiser than me yeah same. and uh i went to the expositors bible commentary and one of the things written that one of the comments written about this was in verse eight 
Jesus renders a comparison between the unseen but powerful operation of God's spirit in the regeneration or being reborn um, and the invisible but mighty power of the wind. You hear the voice of the wind but cannot see where it comes from nor where it goes to. So it is in being spiritually reborn that the spirit moves and works in unseen ways. And I think in teaching this to Nicodemus, um, he is also warning him to not put that process of being reborn on his own actions. Mm. Right? Mm. It's like, you've been, you've been raised in this culture that though the law is good, you all have also fallen short of, of the heart of the law. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You all don't quite understand that God is in the midst of you working in this law. And I don't want you to think that after I'm gone, after I after I am lifted up, mm. that it's once again back to you mm. grinding out mm. the mm. gears of following the law. Right. It, it you will be saved by the work of the spirit. You will be mm. born again by the work of the spirit. Mm. And so I, can't, I really can't imagine how mind-blowing this conversation must have been for Nicodemus. Yeah. Mm. I mean, God in the flesh is talking to you, like, very frankly, and <laughs> and your whole life is being challenged. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, and it wasn't just Jewish people who were, you know, encountered by Christ and who went through this struggle. We also today, in, in, in contemporary culture, struggle with, like, God revealing truth to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how can this be? And so we have our silly little questions like, am I supposed to climb back in my mom and like and, and be born over again? It's like, no. Bless your heart. And, and, right, <laughs> and to Jarell and Charles's earlier points of like, those questions are not, there's no dumb questions when it comes to the Lord. He's mm. not going to laugh at you. He's not going to mock you. Ask them. But also expect an answer. And the answer will change you and blow your mind. So just like, mm. Yeah. It's okay to let things that the Lord says bake your noodle for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, and also to that point, though, it's like, a, but it's also a matter of trusting that he's able to, like, give us grace to, into, like, act in those things. Like, yeah. it is a work of the Spirit. It is Jesus being lifted up. It's not, I'm not going to tell you these things so that you can carry them out perfectly. I'm going to give you help. Right. Right. Getting <laughs> fired up in here. Um, wonderful discussion. He's always fun. And that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean. Now on Apple Podcasts. We will be on Spotify in a couple of weeks. (laughs) Once you have a few more episodes. But you can check us out there. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Three Guys at the Well, as well as our Facebook page where we try to keep the conversation going and a space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. We'll talk to you next week here at The Web.